sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two of a Friday Live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grid Network, that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Friday. As we mentioned at the start of today's show, it's a championship weekend. Game number four of the NBA Finals in Miami tonight between the Heat and the Nuggets. Game number four of the Stanley Cup Final tomorrow night on a Saturday in sunrise between the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. It's the second Grand Slam of the tennis calendar at Roland Garros in Paris, the 2023 French Open. A significant semifinal happening currently on the men's side between Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic. We'll bring you the update in just a matter of moments. But it inspired us earlier this week to think about racket sports, maybe not the clay at Roland Garros, but the streets of Broadway in New York City. So everybody, take a deep breath. <sighs> Sit back, relax, and enjoy this week of Benny and the Bets. Championship matches are this weekend at the 2023 French Open. But instead of the clay at Roland Garros, today it's the ping pong tables of Midtown Manhattan. Do you have any idea who's going to win the French Open this week? <laughs> no idea. Uh, like, is Nadal in there? Injured this year. Okay. Um, Federer? Is he in there? No, he's retired. Oh, damn. How would you describe your ping pong skill? Uh, amazing. No, I'm awful. I would say I'm a 1 out of 10 ping pong player. Like a 5 or 6. So your ping pong skill better than your tennis knowledge? For sure. Let's play some ping pong. Okay, sure. Serve it up. Not bad. Oh, that point winner right there. Good, there it is. There it is. Oh, we'll play it. Oh, you're pretty good, dude. Oh, one nothing. Bad. Game of ping pong for your Chipotle? Sure. Are we actually playing for the Chipotle? If I win, I take your lunch? Good return. Here we go. Oh, that was much better than. Oh, come on. That's luck. That's just pure luck. Forehand, backhand. Oh, this is. I mean, this is a great rally. As good as you'll see in Roland Garros this weekend. Drop. Oh, a little spin on it. That was pretty incredible point on both ends. All right, cool. Thanks for your Chipotle. That's really nice of you. No free ads now. Oh, this guy's fantastic. Look at this movement over there. Oh, okay. Oh, look at the win. That's the win. You're in trouble. Oh, oh, I think I won. Drop for me. Oh, great return. Oh, we tried to smack it. Playing best of five. Another backhand. We got some spectators. Winner. Oh, that was gorgeous. What a rally. Who's going to break first? I did. Oh, oh, uh, oh. 
That's a winning point right there. Nothing easy, crowd to the table. What? Oh my God. You can feel the intensity. Got him. Best of five, who's gonna win it? Oh my God, what an ace. It was hard fought. It was hey. hard fought. An absolute pleasure. A hard fought battle, though. Yeah, great game. That was a great game. Yeah, great, great, game. Game. great game. Great game. Sorry to the folks at home. I thought that would be more entertaining. Mm. It wasn't much of a fight. Give up for your fans in the background that supported you all along. Oh, thank you. Feels great. It was kind of easy, to be honest, so it doesn't really feel that good. How does it feel to be the ping pong champion of New York City? Already. Already. It's you, easy. You, the ping pong scene in New York is very low. That We welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience here. Hour number two of a Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. I took my competition to the streets of New York City to see how my ping pong skill was against others in table tennis, inspired by what we are currently seeing at Roland Garros in Paris for the 2023 French Open. I'm not going to lie to you. I surprised myself. I don't consider my myself a very good ping pong player and gave it my best out there and some of those people saying the competition wasn't all that great come on man just let us live let us feel good on this friday entering this weekend currently right now a monumental match at the 2023 french open before the tournament got underway we told you that the two biggest superstars on the men's side facing off Carlos Alcaraz and Novak Djokovic found themselves in the same side of the draw. So it wasn't going to be a match for a championship. It was going to be a semifinal showdown. That is what we are currently seeing. Carlos Alcaraz entered as an air $2 outright favorite, but Novak Djokovic takes set number one. Right now, the live line has Djokovic a slight favorite at minus 122. Novak looking for his 23rd Grand Slam title. It would be the most ever in the history of men's tennis. But Carlos Alcaraz is the number one player in the world. They will face whoever wins this match, the winner of later this afternoon's match between Casper Ruud and Holger Runa. Right now, where things stand at that moment as we get ready excuse me it's Kasper Ruud and Alexander Zverev in the other semifinal we'll have a little bit more from the French Open up next like the women's final and a dominant run from Iga Sviantek coming up here in just a minute Joe Frizo don't get mad at me I should have looked at the rundown all right more in the morning after up next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Right here on a Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid. It is semifinal Friday on the men's side of the 2023 Fresh Open. The marquee matchup that has already gotten started in Paris early on this Friday morning, not so early there, local time. It's Novak Djokovic and Carlos Alcaraz, the top seed in the tournament. Alcaraz, the number one player in the world, facing off against one of the greats in tennis, Novak Djokovic, looking for his 23rd Grand Slam title. Right now, Djokovic, a one nothing lead in terms of the sets. They battle it out in set 
number two. The other semifinal, a small clarification on my end. It is Casper Ruud and Alexander Zverev. And we've seen a change in the odds, by the way, from the overnight price. Zverev is now the slight favorite for this semifinal Friday against Casper Ruud, who was the runner-up at last year's French Open, also the runner-up at last year's U.S. Open, in which Carlos Alcaraz claimed the title. The women's final is set for tomorrow. Iga Sviantek, who entered as an odds-on favorite to win the championship, has been dominant in her run in Paris. And as you can see, a very heavy favorite against Carolina Muhova, who was not seeded entering the 2023 French Open, but pulled off a stunning upset in a three-set thriller against Arena Sabalenka, the number two seed in the 2023 French Open in the semi-final round. Also, a big shout-out to Oklahoma softball. Three consecutive national championships crowned last night with their 53rd consecutive victory over Florida State. A 61-1 record for Patty Gasso and the Sooners. The best ever season we have seen in the history of college softball. Potentially the most dominant season we have ever seen out of a program in the history of college sports. Now we welcome in our sports professor, Rick Horo joining us here. We weren't sure if he was going to show up on this Friday, but he is here. Maybe a late light night last night, Rick. You were probably there in sunrise for game number three of the Stanley Cup final between the Panthers and the Golden Knights. They've been your Florida Panthers for as long as they've been in existence, Rick. Were you there for game number three in the overtime thriller for the Cats? Absolutely. I mean, what do you think? I, I was there for the whole thing. I'm putting on my inner Spolstra right now with the suit. Uh, I'm going down to that game. And this is unprecedented. Well, obviously, we said it 100 times before, but it means a lot more for me since I was part of the building blocks of all this. First time in the history of sports, eighth seed sneaks into the playoffs, does a run, beats the favorites on and on and on, plays back to back to back to back an hour apart in the same city. It is unbelievable. Kind of like Oklahoma City softball. This is on steroids because we have two teams that were purchased by two people as icons, Wayne Heisinger and Ted Arison, for $85 million total, total, 50 and 35. And now they've brought billions to South Florida, not the least of which the comment of, I did it, I did it, not me, but pretenders. There are a lot of pretenders out here who make it sound like they are the people who are responsible for it. Doesn't really matter. Mm. What is that saying about, uh, you know, success has a lot of fathers and failure has none? I, I, I've never heard that before, but I know it now. Rick, didn't you just say that you had a significant hand in it as well? Are you comparing yourself to those pretenders that try to stake a claim? I'm superior to them. Uh, I will just tell you oh, that. Oh, you are. Uh, and, and, yeah. uh, uh, in my own mind. Uh, and look, in all seriousness, this was a labor of love. I wrote an article on Sunday uh, at the, the Palm Beach Post about the beginnings of that process. And just to divert a second, you know, when you start to build something in a city where everybody is either from Havana or Philadelphia or New York, and they, quote, gave in the corporate office already, and they're Flyers fans, right, and they're, uh, you know, not even hockey fans. I was told early, kind of like in L.A., right, people are coming to South Florida to get away from hockey because it's, it's cold and it's snowy. Well, it was yeah. great last night, and Gary Bettman, we talked about things and how it's come so far, and I got yeah. him, probably shouldn't share this, but he signed my rat last night, and he is the first commissioner oh. to ever sign my rat. So it's a big deal. 
And that means the plastic wrap that Rick took with him to game number three just to make <laughs> sure there's you. no innuendos yeah, in there. No. Horrible. But no, Rick, no. as you know, living in South Florida, South Florida sports on a glow up at the moment. The Heat in the NBA Finals, the Panthers in the Stanley Cup Final, the Miami Hurricanes making it to the Final Four in men's basketball alongside Florida Atlantic. Also in that Final Four, the Miami Hurricanes women's basketball team reaching the Elite Eight. And then... Earlier this week, maybe the greatest soccer player ever, okay. Lionel Messi, intends to play for Inter Miami, a team in the MLS right now, Rick Horro, that sits dead last in the Eastern yeah. Conference, but has seen a significant share of at least the market and social media attention. Before Messi signed, less than a million followers. Now, well above five million followers for their instagram social media account but rick we know ticket prices are soaring for the expected debut of leo messi what exactly rick is the impact of lionel messi joining inter miami too early to measure but as a veteran south floridian uh, we love winners uh, we don't like mistakes uh, i remember many press conferences at fake not happening arenas and stadiums all across the landscape and Bernie Perrant was going to come as the goalie for the WHA team. We had the Buffalo Braves, by the way, coming to South Florida on their way to L.A., the Clippers. Mm. We have a million of them. And it's about time after the Heat, the Panthers, Messi. It's been obviously a hell of a week. You mentioned the Dolphins. You mentioned the Panthers, the Hurricanes, obviously. The big uh, imponderable, for, we, 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 know, we know what the, the, the numbers are going to be. Those numbers are great. They're going to be even more when he starts playing. He'll get a cut of the Apple revenues, which is unprecedented in sports. He'll get some equity opportunities with his pal Beckham. That's a big deal. A soccer comes from and also ran to a guaranteed. It's an international base here anyway. We know that. The one imponderable is uh, I know that stadium issue has long and hard been fought. Downtown Miami, out by the airport, hundreds of places. There's been a referendum. I'll believe it when it opens the doors, and I have the credibility to say that because I've seen a lot of failures. This will expedite. He'll play at the site of Lockhart Stadium in Fort Lauderdale in the time being, but you're not going to disappoint Messi and the millions of fans who are going to be looking at South Florida on TV. Very important. He also gets a cut of any Adidas revenue sale from yeah. the merchandise that Inter-Miami has. It is a record-breaking type of signing for MLS and Inter-Miami, altering the landscape of professional soccer here in the U.S. Rick, it was a week full of breaking news all around the world of sports. None more shocking than the PGA Tour and Live Golf agreeing to a merger to form a new entity that will forever change the future of golf as we know it. Rick, there are still many questions to be answered, many details to iron out about what this new partnership and entity looks like. In your estimation, what does the future of golf look like moving forward past 2024? Well, here's my soliloquy, and I'm mindful of your break, but I've had a chance to look at the issues over the last couple of days. Here are a couple of thoughts. The uh, uh, PGA Tour capitulated. They're going to run out of money, and uh, uh, Jay Monahan uh, shouldn't be commissioner anymore. Oh, wait. <laughs> but how about this? He uh, uh, cut a deal with somebody who he knows could outfinance him, and at the end of the day, Live Golf, as we know it, may be gone or are evolving into a small number of team tournaments that corporate sponsors underwrite, yeah. and then they get shared 
with the players who may have been left out, meaning the Rory's and otherwise. Everybody firmly believes one of those, and he can't believe both because we don't know. Here's the bottom line. If I hear this one more time, we have many more questions and answers. Do you know how many times we've heard that on media? Well, the bottom line is there's no deal. There is a framework of a deal, and that's very important. Right. But all the way from Champions Golf to the majors this week, next week, let's see what happens, and everything in between. Uh, Jay Monahan is a hero for willing to be disruptive and clearing the landscape. As is oh, the government official. I'm not going to let you take it to break on that because I'm when not, you invoke the families I'm of 9-11 Families United Coalition, you're maybe not no. a hero but a hypocrite. Thank you, Rick Horo, no. for your time. More of the morning after. Up next, Absolutely. live right here on SportsGrid. Rick, have a great weekend. More TMA up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Daily Bases, all around Major League Baseball, live right here on this Friday to send you into your weekend right here on the morning after. Craig Mish joins us on this Friday on TMA to go around MLB, the weekend series that we now have in store for the upcoming days. Craig, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on this Friday. Just a little bit over half an hour to go until Newswire starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time as well. Craig, as always, we appreciate your time and your insight around the Major League Baseball Diamond. Yeah, of course, Ben. And believe it or not, it seems like it just started. But within two weeks, the Major League Baseball season is going to be halfway over. Crazy. Feels crazy. like it just started, but here we are. That is crazy. Craig, I expected you to say maybe a third of the way done. We're already past that point. Halfway over of a 162-game marathon. That's how quickly these things can go. So it gives us a time, though, Craig, to assess where things stand. And tradition is a huge part of Major League Baseball, and that includes the best rivalry in the sport, at least from a historic standpoint. The Red Sox and the Yankees, Craig, a weekend series up in the Bronx between the pinstripes and the Red Sox. How much does the rivalry in the history of it all affect the individual games we will see this weekend? I, I think it affects it in a way, Ben, that every pitch is magnified every batter it feels like the managers are on edge throughout this and that's why the games have tended to go so long a lot of tinkering a lot of adjustments defensive changes now that's going to be a little bit more limited now given the fact that obviously you can't do all of those things you can't take your time at the plate and they have the pitch clock and in that nature but these two teams want to show each other up if they can Historically speaking, of course, it was the Yankees for so long, and then Boston obviously reversed the curse, and then it was their era for a while. It does feel like it's back in the Yankees' corner yet again. But the one thing that we have seen in baseball, especially over the last week, Ben, is significant injuries to some of the best hitters in the game. In fact, if I was to tell you next month at Home Run Derby that three players, Aaron Judge, Pete Alonso, and we don't know about Jordan Alvarez yet, but let's throw his name out there. Jordan Alvarez, three players being on the injured list, three of the top hitting home run hitters in the game potentially being out, that's sort of where we are. So the Yankees not having judge, obviously, for the series does 
change the dynamic. That's what I'm sort of alluding to. But at the same time, I can't figure out a direction, Ben, for Boston. I don't know if you can. You let me know. I don't know. It just seems like they're just like sort of piecing this together as they go. Yankees are obviously a big favorite. They'll probably be favorite all weekend long, too. Boston, Chris Sale, injured. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if you saw Corey Kluber yesterday, Ben, but I, I think it's over for him, unfortunately. One of the best best seasons I've ever seen for a pitcher in the American League for Cleveland. But I, I can't figure out which way Boston is headed. My guess is they're not winning the division or getting in the wild card. So clearly it's the Yankees to lose, even without having judged this weekend. A downward trend for the Red Sox for sure right now, Craig, because the storyline of the American League East early on this year was all five teams, a winning record, an incredibly competitive division. Boston, the only team now with a losing record, a game below 500 at 31 and 32. A matchup of Garrett's. It is Garrett Cole for the New York Yankees. Garrett Whitlock on the bump for Boston in the first game up in the Bronx today. A really good weekend expected in Tampa Bay. The Rays, mm -hmm. the best team in Major League Baseball, on another winning streak, they have won six consecutive games. Tampa will host the second-best team in Major League Baseball, the second-best record for the Texas Rangers. Tampa booked as a minus-168 favorite today, Craig. And more good news for Tampa, Tyler Glass now on the bump. Just how good, Craig, will this weekend set be at the trot between the Rangers and the, and the Rays? Yeah, I, I think that this series is actually more compelling than the last series that we talked about because, again, I, I still want to see Texas go on the road like this to beat arguably the best team at home in all of Major League Baseball in the Tampa Bay Rays. And you mentioned it. Obviously, Glassdale coming back for the Rays is just a huge bump for them. And the, you see the total there, eight as well. It, it's really fascinating for me to see because... I mean, the Rangers have been one of baseball's best offenses all season long. So this sort of tells you, yeah. hey, look, he's going to get shut down tonight, potentially by Glasgow. I'm not sure. I, I still think some runs could be scored tonight at Tropicana Field. The Rays, of course, had that streak in back in April and into May about hitting all those home runs consecutively to start a season. That was impressive as well. I still think the Rays probably in this series, my guess, would take two out of three. But the Rangers have played very well. So it wouldn't shock me to see that go the other way. I don't think either team sweeps in this series. 29 and 6. That is Tampa Bay's record at home at Tropicana Field this year. The Rays, the best record in Major League Baseball, by far the best home team in all of the bigs as well. Another really good pitching matchup tonight in Anaheim. Shohei Otani gets the start for the Angels. Luis Castillo on the other side for the Mariners. A divisional duel for two teams in that American League West. Craig, what's the breakdown of the matchup tonight in Anaheim? Yeah, the, the Angels, to me, are, are just an impossible team to figure out. They've just had, and you know, you know, honestly, Ben, a lot of teams have been streaky. I mean, look at the White Sox. We thought they were finished. They ended up winning five in a row before they lost to the Yankees last night. Angels are, to me, in, like, that, in that same boat. Like, they still have Otani. They still have Trout. But they have these inconsistent hitters that just have these crazy streaks in them. And Taylor Ward and Jared Walsh has done nothing this season. And Rendon, when he's healthy, horrible start to April. Came back, played well. Uh, got hurt. I, I can't figure the Angels out. They're a really, really tough team uh, to figure out here. And in this case, I think it shows you the line. I mean, arguably speaking, Ben, when Shohei Otani is on the mound and he's less than a minus 150 favorite, I mean, don't you just normally gravitate to him? I think you could. But again, on the other yeah. side of things, Seattle pretty good against left-handed pitching. Uh, you know, this is a situation where they're not as good against righties. And so with Otani on the mound, that certainly will change things tonight. 
Uh, low total here, seven and a half. I feel like the line is right tonight. I feel like it's probably, to me, a 50-50 shot here, both on the side and the total. Craig, you would expect to see that bump for Shohei Otani. Not necessarily there. The Angels only a minus 120 live money line favorite. Otani and his Halos, though, four straight victories, four games above 500. The M's a game below 500 at this point. Craig, one of the phenomenons that we're seeing currently in Major League Baseball, no team in the American League Central has a winning record. And yet, the Minnesota Twins, 31-32, and 32, a game below 500 first place in those divisional standings if the Toronto Blue Jays the team they were facing at 36 and 28 winners of three consecutive against the Houston Astros seven of their last eight were in the American League Central Craig they'd have a four and a half game lead for the top spot in the division what is the distinction in your estimation between the Twins and the Blue Jays well, the, the Twins are, are sort of going through it a little bit right now. They started off in April, Ben, and everyone looked at them and said they're going to run away with the division. Two important pieces on that team, in my opinion, uh, you know, have sort of gone the other way. Pablo Lopez, who was arguably the best pitcher in all of April in the American League, has really struggled in May into June. They acquired him in the offseason in the trade for Luis Arias of the Marlins. And then Byron right. Buxton got off to such a tremendous start. He is now back, unfortunately, on the injured list. So having that dynamic going on right now, I think, is really hurting the Twins. And on the side of the Blue Jays, especially in games moving forward, Ben, uh, you know, I'd have to take a look at the season long here. Everyone looks at the Blue Jays and says, wow, great offense, unbelievable team hitting, bet the over, bet yep. the over. I mean, not so much. I mean, the Blue Jays starting pitching, I know Manoa's in that boat there for those stats, but the Blue Jays starting pitching outside of Manoa's been fantastic this season. So I look at a total like that of eight and a half, and I know Buxton isn't in there, and I know the Jays are pitching really well. I'm probably a, an under guy on a lot of Jays games moving forward, provided their pitching continues. Bassett's been really good too. Gossman's been yeah. amazing. So for me, it, you know, the Jays seem to me to be, their numbers are a little inflated going in every day. The thought probably always, Craig, Toronto's ballpark very favorable to the offense, but you bring up a good point looking contrarian at that total of eight and a hook. A walk-off winner for Philadelphia last night at home against the Tigers. The son of Roger Clemens, Cody Clemens, the RBI single for the winner. Philadelphia walks it off a 3-2 victory. They stay in the city of brotherly love, and they host the Los Angeles Dodgers tonight. L.A., a very slight road favorite. It's minus 110 for the Dodgers. It's minus 106 on the other side right now for Philadelphia. Craig, what's the approach to the first game of this set between L.A. and Philly? Well, I sure feel a lot better now than I did a month ago, Ben, when the Phillies were falling apart. And I said, ah, I got to hang in there. They're going to get hot. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like last year, but they're eventually going to get hot. And, and here they are. They sort of now look like the team that they did last season. And so I'm feeling much better about seeing Wheeler pitch well and seeing Aaron yeah. Nola pitch well. I mean, those two guys have to be good for the Phillies to be good, too, regardless of what Ranger Suarez is. So and you saw the line there. It's a tough one given the pitching matchup tonight. But I do think moving forward, Philadelphia, I, I look, it's obvious to say that I have more confidence in Philadelphia maybe than I do in the Mets. Because at this point, it doesn't look like, Ben, at least in my mind, I don't think four teams from the NL East are, are winning uh, or making the postseason. And the Marlins right now have been better than both of them. So we'll see what ends up happening yeah. in the end. feel really good about Atlanta. Beyond that, Philly, Miami, and the Mets. Just toss them up. We'll figure it out at the end. 
Five straight wins for Philly following five consecutive losses for the Phils, but they bring some positive momentum into the weekend in Philadelphia hosting the Dodgers. You mentioned the Mets, Craig. They've lost six straight games. A walk-off winner last night in extra for the Braves against New York in Atlanta. A three-run bomb from Ozzie Albies. Craig, if you had to figure out quickly here what's happening with the Amazons, what's the biggest concern at the moment? Signed two pitchers to mega contracts that are not delivering Ben at all. And even if they slightly did, they used to have a guy in the ninth inning to shut it down. They don't have that guy either. It's a big problem, Ben, and I don't know how they solve it. The Pittsburgh Pirates, however, on the other side, three games above 500 as they host the Mets today. Craig, thank you so much for your time. Have a great weekend. More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to a Friday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All around the Spiz Grizz Network that Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. It is a Friday. It is also game day. Game number four of the 2023 NBA Finals. The Miami Heat host the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets once again booked as a three and a half point road favorite. The total the lowest we have seen so far in the four games of these finals. It's at 211 for the over under. Joining us now to break down game four and what is still at stake in the 2023 NBA Finals. It is Evan Sidery, not Sidery, Sidery, live right here on this Friday on the morning after. Evan, whatever name we call you, we appreciate you being here with us to break down the fourth game of the 2023 NBA Finals. Absolutely, Ben. Appreciate the time as always. Thanks again. So, Evan, let's get in to what we have seen in the series to set the stage and preview game number four. Denver victorious in games one and three. Miami's lone victory in game number two. What has been the main reason, Evan, in your estimation, we enter game number four with the Nuggets holding a 2-1 series advantage? I think, honestly, it just all comes down to Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Just the way they've been playing really over the last couple of weeks has been absolutely incredible to watch. Jokic averaging a 30-plus point triple-double. Jamal Murray putting up really over 10 assists throughout the finals, which is something he hasn't been known for throughout his career. He's been known as a scorer. But now with them targeting more Nikola Jokic in the scoring department, I think we're seeing Jamal Murray really blossom throughout this postseason as a playmaker, as alongside being a great scorer. Every single year we've seen Jamal Murray in the postseason elevate his game, and he did so once again this postseason, averaging almost 30 points. So I would definitely say those two players for sure are the engine of this. I think we're kind of due, we'll get into it in a little bit, but we're kind of due for some role player positive regression for the Nuggets side of things as well. A historic duo, historic performances out of Jokic and Murray in game number three. The first pair of teammates ever in any NBA game ever to each record a 30-point triple 
double. So, Evan, as we got ready for the 2023 NBA Finals, Miami had been undervalued by the odds all postseason long. Denver was nearly a $5 favorite, minus 460, entering game number one. They win the first game on their own home four, an 8-1 to one number in favor of Denver. Miami scratches out game number two, evening the series. We enter game number three. Denver's still the favorite, but a much lesser price at minus 270. Now, the Nuggets have taken a 2-1 series lead. They're a minus 1,000 favorite outright to win its first ever Larry O'Brien trophy. So, Evan, I'm going to ask you the question like this. I'm not sure that we're not going to see a competitive series the rest of the way, but the odds would indicate the outcome ends with the Nuggets hoisting their first ever Larry O'Brien trophy. Do you think the Miami Heat can make this series competitive, albeit maybe come up just a little bit short? I think tonight is the big pendulum swing game in one way or the other, Ben. If the Heat can come out and win this game outright, I think we have a legitimate chance of this series going seven games just based off of Miami stealing back that game, which is huge for this. It could go through really seven games in that script where they just alternate back-to-back-to-back wins there. I think if the Nuggets win tonight, though, which I personally think will happen, I think they cover the spread tonight and win this game outright. I think this Denver Nuggets team probably wins us in five. I think if they come in and win both these games in Miami, I think it could be an emphatic blowout in game five in favor of the Nuggets there. So I think tonight is the big, big time moment for Miami. If they can step and win this game, we got a series. If not, I feel like we're going to be over here by Monday night. The odds are saying that regardless, Denver wins the Larry O'Brien Trophy as an NBA champion this year. All three of the potential outcomes remaining for Denver, shorter than the two possible outcomes for the Miami Heat. So let's talk about Nikola Jokic. What does he do for a follow-up performance in game number four after posting the first ever 30 20 and 10 game in an NBA Finals in all-time NBA playoff history you can see what his averages have been so far Evan two of the three games in this series a triple double for the Joker where does Nikola Jokic impact the game the most on the basketball floor that is such a good question Ben because it's really you could go about three or four different ways and have a legitimate argument to that being the number one reason that's why Nikola Jokic and his greatness is something that we're now starting to appreciate but really over the last three or four years this has been who Nikola Jokic is but unfortunately Denver hasn't been a big market team where we see the headline primetime games from him every single week Nikola Jokic has been this player for the last three or four years up to this point and his pure dominance offensively playmaking setting teammates up setting it up in transition with his offensive with his rebounding setup easy basket in transition his offensive rebounding his dominance in the post his ability to stretch it out to the three-point line he can do anything in the offensive end he's improving his defender even still at this stage of his career I think Nikola Jokic is someone to me honestly been that if he wins this championship, which is very likely he will, if he adds another one here, I think we're in a real argument to say he's probably one of the greater players of the modern generation on the offensive end. Just based off what he's doing right now in this postseason run for the Denver Nuggets, it's one of the most incredible single runs for a player that I've seen in my lifetime. And let's make it very clear. The Denver Nuggets as a team, a minus 1,000 outright favorite to win the NBA title. Nikola Jokic as an individual player is that same exact number, minus 1,000 to win the NBA Finals MVP. No knock at Jamal Murray. It's a narrative award that would back up the Joker. On the other side, Evan, Jimmy Butler scored 30 or more points in four of the first five games in that opening round against the Milwaukee Bucks. He had 35 points in game number one of the Eastern Conference Finals against the Celtics. 
It's the only time in the last 15 playoff games for Butler he has scored 30-plus. Evan Sidery, does Jimmy Butler need to score 30 or more points tonight for the Miami Heat to win game number four? Absolutely. I think that's really honestly the only way at this point, Ben, for Miami to win tonight or to win this series. Obviously, you could see some hot shooting for Miami scorers tonight. Maybe Bam out of bio is another strong game here. But for Miami to truly come out and win this Cinderella story, write a movie script type of finish to have an eight seed win the NBA championship, Jimmy Butler's got to put this team on his back and win this series outright. Go for what we saw in the Milwaukee series, a 50-plus point game, 30-plus point games with relative ease on very high efficiency the efficiency really hasn't been there for jimmy butler since his ankle injury in that Knicks series he re-aggravated re it so i think honestly we need to see jimmy butler have a vintage type performance tonight and if they do miami has shown throughout the postseason when they're when jimmy butler scores 30 plus points they are undefeated 5-0 and so i think that's the secret recipe there jimmy butler being aggressive being efficient and the heat winning outright i think it's really their only script to win the night Evan, you were the first to highlight that very fact. Five games for Jimmy Butler scoring 30-plus for Miami in this magical playoff run. And, of course, the Heat, a perfect three or five and oh, excuse me. Jimmy Butler had 28 points in game three, so almost at 30, but it comes in a losing effort. So, Evan, as we get ready for game number four tonight, the Nuggets a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The total stands at 211. We've talked Jokic. We've talked Murray. We've talked Jimmy Butler. Outside of the superstars, what is the key matchup that will determine the result of the fourth game of the 2023 NBA Finals this evening in Miami? I think it's going to be containing Jamal Murray instead of Nikola Jokic because, ironically enough, when Nikola Jokic just scored 40 points in the playoffs in a game bin, the Nuggets are 0-3 in those games. It's because Jamal Murray has a subpar game the role players don't step up and don't hit their threes. I think that's really the, the, script, the script here we've seen already is Jimmy Butler, a superstar type offense player, having a great night and his shooters around him having great success. And I think it's just really holding Nikola Jokic to being a true scorer, not a facilitator, where he goes for 35 to 40 points. And you just hope for cold shooting. That's from Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., who's been ice cold throughout the finals so far, and Aaron Gordon. So I think those are the keys that, to me to watch for this for Miami is to make it a rock fight type of game, to make it each yeah. possession matter in a low-scoring type of game. I think Denver, though, they're due for positive regression, like I mentioned earlier. I think Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. is going to have really solid games tonight to help out Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray take that scoring burden off there. So the Nuggets have so many weapons, Ben, that it's so tough to contain this team offensively. If one of those guys get hot outside of Murray or Jokic, Miami's really in big trouble here. Jamal Murray, 25 or more points in seven of the last eight for Denver. He has had exactly 10 assists in all three of the games so far in the NBA Finals. One of the reserves, or role players, I should say, for Denver, Evan, that hasn't been great so far, Michael Porter Jr. He has combined for seven points in games two and three because he's barely been on the floor, 47 minutes combined in the last two games. Some defensive issues have not pleased his head coach, Michael Malone, all that much. We know the role players have been crucial for Miami on this postseason run. So, Evan, when you look at the group of role players for both teams, Denver and Miami, which group is more important to the respective club? 
I would definitely say in this scenario, you would be able to go with Miami. Just because if you see Jimmy Butler have a big game to go alongside Gabe Vincent getting hot from three, if Caleb Martin has a game that we saw throughout the Boston series, he gives you 15 to 20 yeah. points. Great on the defensive end as well. And then Max Struess and Duncan Robinson hitting open threes too. If they can have just an avalanche of offensive efficiency go their way tonight for Miami, where Butler gets help and he has a great game, I think Miami could steal this game. But like I mentioned, I think you just have Nicole Jokic and how great he is. If he goes for 30 plus points, even if a player like Jamal Murray gets cold, a player like Michael Porter Jr., who's hit that number at 10 and a half at over 70 percent clip throughout the playoffs before these finals yeah. started. I think he's due for a positive regression game here where he hits 10 to 15 points, hit the over number on that. And you can get three plus threes for Michael Porter Jr. at plus 210 value. Throughout the postseason when Michael Porter Jr. was on a hot streak, you get that number at two and a half. So I think you're getting great value at Michael Porter Jr. on the alternate three-point lines here. If he gets hot here, I think Denver's in a really good chance to cover that spread and probably win emphatically tonight. Michael Porter Jr. scored 14 points in the opening game of these NBA Finals. Yes, the past two have been atrocious, and there is some concern if he'll stay on the floor because of how bad he has been on the defensive end. But his props are normally 14 and a half, 15 and a half, 16 and a half, not 10 in a hook. It is a large drop off and a large disparity, perhaps to take advantage of. Evan, one thing that stood out to me throughout these 2023 NBA Finals, the pace in the game flow. Denver's two victories have come where the total of the game has stayed under. Miami's lone win was the only over we have seen so far in the NBA Finals. Evan, the total tonight, the lowest so far of this series at 211. Which way the total goes? Does that dictate the result of the game overall? I would lean Miami, but I think this is also a point, like you mentioned, where Denver can win in any style, thanks to the way Nikola Jokic can play, which makes shows really how elite this team can be. You, you can make it a rock fight, and Nikola Jokic is Nikola Jokic post-ups been are the most efficient play in, in basketball, like JJ Redick mentioned before, over the last five years. So you can do that. He can hit you from the outside. He can facilitate for others in a track meet type of pace where you get in a 120-125 type shootout, or he can win a game where it's a 95 to 90 type of game. So I just think Nikola Jokic, it's a true offensive engine where you see him to be able to impact the game in multiple ways there so i think to be honest there i think uh, denver in this one i think they'll probably go over the team total i think we'll see a higher pace tonight because that's probably what miami needs to do here either way is to have hot shooting and hope for something to happen bad on Denver's side and the lack of scoring offensively for miami in games one and three staying under 95 points a main reason the game total staying under as well evan 30 seconds left. Here we are entering game number four tonight. Denver holds a 2-1 series lead. What is your series prediction for the 2023 NBA Finals now? I, start, I had Nuggets in five to start this off, so I'm going to stick to it now. I think Nicole Yook Maul Murray found a script there. So I'm going to go with Nuggets in five. They win emphatically tonight, and then we also see them win this game outright. The most likely outcome according to the odds. Evan Sidery, have a great weekend. More of the morning after, up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
right back here on a Friday on the morning after on Sports Grid, closing out our two hours together on this Feel Good Friday, closing out our week together live all across the grid. That includes Sirius XM Channel 159, the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, all around the Spiz Grizz Network. That is Sports Grid, and I am Ben Stevens. The Sports Grid Network also now includes the new Sports Grid app, the ultimate sports betting companion app, now available for download at the Apple App Store. All of our information, all of the insight, all of the data you need to become a better sports better and more engaged sports fans. Again, the QR code on your screen. I know for a fact the Spiz Grizz app will have best bets for game number four of the 2023 NBA Finals this evening between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets. I also have a best bet and maybe a couple you can cook up into a same game parlay and find a juicy plus money price to enter the weekend before we say farewell. Before we say goodbye, it's time for Bye Bye Bye. So the best bet is this it is Caleb Martin over nine and a half points of course Caleb Martin playing for the Miami Heat he was dealing with an illness the first two games of this NBA Finals but there was a legitimate argument watching his 26 point performance in game number seven of the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston that Caleb Martin not Jimmy Butler should have been the Eastern Conference Finals MVP he scored 14 or more points did Martin in all seven of the games against the Seas he had 10 points his best performance of the NBA Finals in game number three over his points prop of nine and a half we have talked with multiple guests Evan Sidery James Young about the MPJ Michael Porter Jr. bounce back game this evening over 10 and a half points adding Gabe Vincent over two and a half made threes he had four in game two five in game one and that's a same game parlay at plus 640 have some fun enter the weekend on a Friday night feeling good that does it for the morning after on this Friday we'll be back on Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern time I'm Ben Stevens have a great weekend